Aging is our next topic on the JX. Barring disaster earlier in life, we all get to be old. Are they golden years? They can be if we're still healthy and have enough money to get by. But as our bodies and minds show the wear and tear of our years, it's good to make some plans. And that process is both somewhat harder and perhaps more necessary if we're aging alone. Oli, Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at Southern Oregon University, offers a spring course in planning as a solo ager. Ellen Waldman is one of the two instructors, along with Beth Knorr, and is here to share some of the advice. Ellen, welcome to the Jefferson Exchange. Thank you for inviting me. Lest anyone think solo aging is a rare situation, it's not. It appears millions of people are in this category. Absolutely. In the United States, there's 20 million unmarried individuals and 30% of women over 65 live alone. 30% of women over 65, wow. Yes, yes. Happily, most of them, but it does impact their planning as they're aging. Do the numbers include people who do have relatives, but they're either not nearby or perhaps estranged or something else? You know, the primary definition of a solo ager is someone who's always been single and childless. Pardon me, but there are secondary considerations. Someone might have been married, but then their spouse has deceased them, or they got divorced later in life. There's actually quite a lot of what's called gray divorce going on. Even if they were married and their husband or wife or partner passed on, they may have no heirs. So it's just considered that you don't have anybody that you can rely on. Another category are people that do have adult children, but perhaps they're estranged or, pardon me, they're not able to help or they're not in a position where they should even be included for various reasons. So we do see these folks as on their own. So given those additional categories you just talked about, is it possible the number is much bigger than the 20 million we first discussed? Well, if you really think about it, many people are going to end up being a solo ager if they haven't had children in particular, because mm-hmm. someone's going to predecease someone else. Yes, yes, absolutely. So uh, so given the need then, is there is there a fairly good body of information about how to approach solo aging? Well, there, there are um, articles and books that are available now because the generations that are in their 60s and 70s now is facing this situation. And so we talk about the areas that they really need to focus on, their planning, that's even more so than if they were partnered. Um, Would you like to know what those five areas are? Absolutely. All right. So I'll name them out and give you a little information for each. There's the financial aspect, the health care needs, socialization, housing options and choices, and their legal documents. So when we look at it like this, we see that actually, if you are a solo ager, you have half the funds, perhaps, that you'll need as you're aging because there's only one of you. And 45 to 50% of people in this category feel financially insecure. And in addition, are ripe for financial exploitation because there's no one else perhaps keeping their eye on how things are going. Oh, yes. If you're the only person working the checkbook, the account, whatever, and somebody approaches you and and there's nobody else in the house to say, hey, wait a minute, think about this. Yes, yes. So it's recommended, particularly for a solo agent, that you put together a professional team. And who would be on your professional team would be folks like your CPA, 
an attorney, an investment advisor, insurance person, folks like that, that also might be able to keep their eye on how things are going. It's also, perhaps for this group in particular, a good idea to consider long-term care insurance to cover the cost of care needs down the line since they have no adult children who will be able to step in. Care needs is another one of those huge costs that people often underestimate. And unfortunately, Medicare does not pay for a lot of this. I noticed that. I, something I ran across yesterday in researching this segment, something along the lines of uh, over the course of your senior years, a couple could spend something like $300,000 out of pocket. Well, think of it like this. Right now in the Valley, caregivers from a caregiving agency will cost out of pocket unless you have long-term care insurance or some other type of instrument. It will cost you about $40 an hour. So if you needed round-the-clock care in your home, you're looking at about $1,000 a day, which is prohibitively expensive for most people. So if you have no family to step up, it's important to make healthier decisions and try to put together a team, what I call a care circle or a prepare-for-care team, to help with advocacy and planning ahead. Uh, and that also has an impact on folks that don't have anyone that they can legally appoint to these important roles, like a healthcare representative or a power of attorney. So in addition to a professional team, I really like to advocate for a care team, a care circle, because these folks are not alone. There are a lot of people in the same boat as they are. And Ollie classes are a wonderful way to find like-minded individuals, as well as other organizations. So this now becomes a socialization issue where the problem of isolation is something that's really serious. You know, there's been a lot of conversation about this recently of the medical effects and mental effects of isolating, and it's it's quite deleterious to your health. So we need a community of friends. As you're older, it's not as easy to make friends, so you do have to put some effort into it. And I think really, particularly as a solo ager, really have to look into how are you going to do this. It takes a while to develop friendships that you trust and feel comfortable with. One question to ask yourself is, if I had an emergency in the middle of the night, do I know at least one or two people that I could call? Right. Yeah, that's uh, so these things to think about the situations. Ellen Waldman is our guest on the Jefferson Exchange, the instructor uh, with uh, with Beth Knorr in uh, Ollie's session coming up in May. It's an online session called Planning as a Solo Ager. You have time to get a conversation or a question in here to the Jefferson Exchange by email to jx at jeffnet.org. You, you have noticed the transition. So you started with financial, moved into health, the healthcare team, and then we got the socialization rather seamlessly. Yeah. Uh, so the, talk particularly about the financial part for solo agers. That seems like if you've come to rely upon yourself, um, trying, you know, getting to a p- place where you trust somebody else enough to make decisions for you is a real hard place to get to. This is really tricky, you know, and there's not any great answer. Everyone has to come to a way of resolving this on their own. So what Beth Knorr offers 
through the trust department at Oregon Pacific Bank, if you qualify, is that they can also be someone that could get appointed to oversee your situation as a power of attorney and as a trustee. But for folks that don't have the resources to qualify for that type of corporate fiduciary, it does get a little bit more difficult. And we don't have great answers, but you're absolutely right. It is an area where people feel uncomfortable and nervous about who's going to look at their finances when they can no longer do this. Again, this is why this is something to be considered and developed sooner than later. One thing that often comes up because of the expensiveness of caregiving is to start looking at what your housing options and choices are before you need them. No one wants to leave their house. Everyone thinks that this is going to be the final answer. But in fact, if you move to a retirement community or congregate housing of some type, you you will then have kind of built-in socialization and more folks that you can uh, correspond with on a daily basis, communicate with, and perhaps you're in the same boat and you can start to develop a friendship where you could help one another out. Um, And also having people there that can say, you know, are you doing okay? It seems like you're having a hard time. So you're not just by yourself. And some of these places at some point down the line do offer care, so assisted living or what we have in the Rogue Valley Manor is a continuing care retirement community where all the levels of care will eventually be met. It's quite costly, and it doesn't work for everyone. But there are options to be considered, again, sooner than later. Ellen Waldman, again, our guest on the Jefferson Exchange, uh, the teacher, the instructor for an Ollie course coming up online in May from Ashland called Planning as a Solo Ager. The, uh, you, okay, so you've mentioned a couple times now, particularly in the expense of a place like the Rogue Valley Manor, um, about people with resources. I mean, if you're hanging on the low end of the middle class, I mean, how many of these things are available to you to, to put together a team of uh, people to help you with your finances, for example? Yes, well, this, this is why Beth and I continue to teach this class because this question comes up quite a bit. If someone is really um, has low resources, they actually have less concern because there's not a whole lot there to be managed. But if you're in the mid-range, it does become an issue. And honestly, there are not, as I said, great answers for this. And so what we're encouraging people to do is is start having conversations with the professionals that would be on a team and see if any of them can offer you some resources or solutions for this. When you speak to an attorney about appointing people to these important roles in your life, it's often difficult to find the right representatives for you and to get these documents in place as soon as possible. So I would suggest that you do speak to an attorney, to your tax preparer or CPA. Maybe your insurance person will also be able to uh, support you in some way and be there for you, even if you're a peer in an age group, we don't all age the same way, we don't all get sick at the same time, and we can be there for each other. You know, I'm a great believer in aging in community, meaning we create um, a support team around us of trusted friends and individuals as well as professionals, because 
as a society, we do not have great answers for this. When you mention long-term care insurance, uh, what what are the premiums like on that, and and uh, and and how well does it provide on the back end when you, when it's triggered? Right. Well, it can be prohibitively expensive if you purchase it when you're much older. It's usually considered something to purchase when you're younger. So the premiums can be many thousand dollars a year, three, four, seven. You depends on what you're looking for. They're designed so that you can qualify and open a claim when your needs reach a certain level. And they're insurance companies, and they have figured this out, that probably you will have enough for two or three years of your care needs. What that does is it preserves your assets for those years because if you were living someplace to receive that care, that could be upwards of 10000 a month, whereas if you have a policy that's covering a per diem of two or $300, that's going to help quite a bit. And that's why it's suggested for a solo agent that you at least talk to an insurance provider and see what it would look like for you. Clearly, what what is involved here as you approach uh, aging alone is to is to take a, a cold hard look at uh, at what your life circumstances are and and uh, you use the term assets just now, but to think in those terms, do you have to you have to go by the numbers and the dollars and the cents and figure out what you've got and what you might be able to get with what you've got and and all of that. Yes, and I think people come away feeling overwhelmed by all mm-hmm. this. And again, you know, we we don't have to do this alone. And because the numbers are, are just continuing to explode, we're, we're not by ourselves in this. We do need to reach out to each other, and I think the classes are one of the ways to do that. If they talk to people in their faith communities and other organizations that they belong to, and just as they're out having conversations with friends, you will find that this is really something that people are thinking about now again, because there's not one answer or even the best answer. And you have to piece this together based on your own abilities and your own desires and needs. All right. Tens of millions of us uh, approaching uh, the end of life alone, solo agers. This is the uh, the course that Ellen Waldman teaches with Beth Knorr, planning as a solo ager. Ollie and Ashland will be offering the course in May. It'll be online so they can take up to 300 people. Ellen, thanks for joining us on the Jefferson Exchange to provide a preview and some details. Thank you very much. Aging happens and planning helps. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks so much. Ellen Thank Waldman you. here on the Jefferson Exchange.